It's the day after Halloween, so you might be thinking about sneaking some of your kids' candy haul from the night before. If you want to avoid a sugar bomb, consider reaching for a fun-sized pack of peanut M&Ms, which contains 9 grams of sugar. If you're a candy corn fan, watch out. The recommended serving size boasts 23 grams. This is Pulse Check. I'm Lauren Gardner. Doctors using the VA's new electronic health record system are still filing complaints and raising concerns about patient safety six months after the software rollout was paused. Internal messages this month obtained by Politico show frustration with the technology developed by Oracle Cerner with service outages and errors that stymie clinicians' ability to fill prescriptions and refer patients to other providers. This week, pharmaceutical giant Pfizer reported its first quarterly loss since 2019, as demand for its COVID-19 vaccines and treatments has waned. The company expects its COVID vaccine to bring in $11.5 billion in sales this year, down 70% from last year. It projects Paxlovid sales to ring in at about $1 billion for the year, down 95% from last year. And... The Biden administration is leading regulators in a charge to ensure patient safety when artificial intelligence is used. Politico healthcare reporter Daniel Payne is here to explain the rules, risks, and hopes for AI technology in healthcare. Hey, Lauren, thanks for having me. So on Monday, President Biden signed an executive order directing HHS to establish safety measures for AI in healthcare. Can you walk us through some of the main risks and concerns around deploying AI systems in healthcare without proper oversight or regulations? Certainly. So there are lots of concerns, both from the industry and advocates and academics, about how these systems are used, particularly in healthcare where patient safety could be at risk. And one of those is just whether they work at all and if they work correctly, if they make mistakes. So proving that they do what they say they're going to do. Another concern is whether health workers might be too trusting of these tools, whether if you're a doctor who's very, very busy and you just need to get through more patients and you trust AI a little bit too much to give the right diagnostic suggestion or treatment suggestion. And then, of course, there are all sorts of other biases that are concerning that if you use data that is racially tinged or tinged by sex or gender, that you could get the wrong diagnosis or the wrong treatment suggestion. And that sort of data could lead to even more disparity in health outcomes throughout the country. So these folks that you talk to who are closely watching this space, what sorts of transparency measures or testing do they think should be required for AI when it's used in a patient-facing setting? It's a bit of a difficult question because a lot of what makes these AI systems special to these companies is what they consider proprietary. So it's hard for them to open up sort of these so-called black boxes to show exactly how this works. But that said, there's a sense that there need to be rigorous testing standards to make sure they do what they say they're going to do and then continue to test them over time to make sure as, say, a system gets new data and changes and so-called quote-unquote learns that those changes are still within the bounds of what you would consider to be working, to be providing the right suggestions and diagnoses. So there is a sense that some work needs to be done about what standards of transparency need to exist in this field. And what role is Congress playing in regulating AI? 
Congress is definitely interested in this issue across chambers and parties. Representatives are assembling task forces and forums and releasing legislative outlines of what they want to see done. But as far as hard legislation, there's not a lot out there right now that has a clear path forward to the president's desk and being signed. It's still very much in conversation. And they, much like the Biden administration, is trying to balance having regulations that will protect consumers, protect patients, while at the same time keeping innovations that are really promising that could make healthcare better, that could make it more accessible and make it more affordable. What can we learn from other countries with respect to how we approach AI? This is certainly an open question and one that I expect we're going to see this week as there are several forums around the world focusing on this and the vice president traveling for this. It's really an open question of which country sort of takes the lead, takes some of the first bigger steps on policymaking here and what the effects of that are to sort of determine whether other countries are going to follow in similar footsteps or take a different approach altogether. Fascinating stuff. All right. Well, thanks, Daniel, for taking the time. Thanks so much, Lauren. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Lauren Gardner. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters, where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. 